Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. I am Sheila Hamilton. Brian Goff is not. Hi, Brian. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hi. Hello. Dr. Brian Goff and Dr. Jenna Lejeune. Hello, you two. Hello. It's so good to see you. And you can tell I'm a little over the moon today to be reunited with the beautiful actress, Kaya Stern. Hello, Kaya. Hi, how are you? We have a long history because she went to preschool with my daughter. Oh, my goodness. And, and school. Preschool and school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just an incredible education through Montessori. Just amazing. But now I've been watching her work and she's living in New York City, right? Yes. She has, let's just talk about it. Uh, She was Jenna Stern. No, Jenna. Hold on. She was Jenna. Jenna Hawthorne on American Vandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a role on NBC's Grimm, the Chicago premiere of Paula Vogel's Tony Award-winning play Indecent. And you're now shooting and co-writing a new short called The Leap. Yes, that's wow. right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get... I'm going to go through every one of these, but I know most people know you as uh, your character in American Vandal. And when I tried to crash course on American Vandal this weekend, I was like, oh my God, how did I miss this show? So the whole idea behind it is it is making fun of all of the crime series that have come up. So it's a it's a sort of like a would you say it's like a farce? I, yes, I definitely would say it's a farce. I definitely would say it's a satire. Yeah, on those making a murder and similar shows, yeah. as well as calling attention to other ridiculous things in our society. <laughs> right. So what they've done is they've gone into these, you know, crimes that really get sensationalized. Um, the first season is somebody has spray painted 27 cars with dicks. The second season is that there is a poop burglar. Mm-hmm. And that is the season where you have an amazing role. I want you to talk to people about what happens in this season, if you would. Yeah, of course. So the second season of American Vandal uh, was shot here in Portland. And Essentially, there's a series of poop crimes, and my character ends up being the culprit for one of them. She was blackmailed, all fairness, yeah. but she still did it. Oh. <laughs> um, despite this being a farce, despite it being a satire, I felt like it really starts to go kind of deep on a lot of things that concern me about being young. And one of those is the unequivocal belief in social media. Talk to me about your relationship to social media and how you deal with it in a way that keeps you healthy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think the show does really touch on that in a way that resonated with me. There's been plenty of times where I've deleted my social media apps off my phone because I felt like too much validation or self-validation was attached to that. Um And it's really difficult, especially as a young person, while you're sort of still trying to figure out what you like and what you feel good doing. There's a lot of other messages that aren't necessarily true. So one thing that I think has been great about social media is there's some people that are saying this is what it's like in real life or Instagram versus real life. Right. And I think that transparency is something that's really important, especially for young people and just people in general. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's it's a lot to be seeing everybody looking so happy all the time. And you're sort of sitting there feeling like, what am I doing wrong? You uh-huh. know? Right. I also noticed that you post a lot of pictures about like, or at least your stories on mm-hmm. Instagram are about like, blah, 
you know, a selfie with a blah, like mm-hmm. the day that you're not the most made up and the makeup artist haven't spent 25 minutes or two and a half hours, however long it is. I don't know how long they spend to make you look that beautiful, but <laughs> it does. I love it that you're in your sweatshirt and you're, you know, like hanging out and it's a blah day. Mm-hmm. Seems so important to mm-hmm. share that with young people. Yeah, it's also I don't want to go to my bathroom and do my makeup for 30 minutes to take a selfie. Yeah, right. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, And I think it's a really great way to, yes, it's for other people, but it's also just for myself to, I think I'm hilarious. That's one thing. So (laughs) through social media and especially the stories, I will, I'll post things that I think are really funny and hopefully people that, uh, have the same sense of humor will find that funny too. Yeah. So. so one of the weird parts about being in the public eye is that people end up doing a lot of body shaming, a lot of body judging. I found a site that said um, Kaya Stern's boobs or Kaya Stern's like there's something devoted to your butt. Like mm-hmm. how do you cope? You know, it's sort of like everything. You know, high school is brutal. High school is a brutal place. So I think if you were able to get through middle school and high school, um, the internet is definitely ruthless, but just ignore them. It's sort of like whatever. Really? You know? And, and it's hard to know that and hear that there's different things like that without your consent out yeah. there. That's one thing that's difficult. But at the same time, if there's people that are doing that you're doing something right with whatever you're doing you know you're confident in yourself and people want to pick on things that they they see and they can't achieve themselves whether that's well, they're not picking on it they're admiring it <laughs> let's just get clear but 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 that sort of body love i think is is as hard as body shaming yeah yeah definitely because you especially as an actor especially as a female actor, um, your body is part of your work. That's what you have. That's your vessel to act in. And if you gain 10 pounds, that's a problem. If you lose 10 pounds, that can be a problem too. So, so much of it is about your body that I personally just work on myself and feeling comfortable at whatever number I'm at or whatever shape I'm at because... If I'm secure in myself, truthfully, nothing can knock me down. And I really do believe that. And it's hard to get there. It's really hard to get there. And it's a process. And it's a process for every day. You know, when you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, it's sort of like, I belong here. I feel great. Or the opposite. And how can we change that today? Yeah. Jenna works with um, body image a ton. And I want you to just kind of reflect on the stuff that Kaya was just speaking about. Yeah. she said something about whatever number you're at. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing I appreciated that you said was it it it's not like you get to this place and then, oh, now I feel great about my body every day, you know? <laughs> it, it rather it is I'm going to choose to be somebody who treats my body and myself well regardless of whatever that three-digit number happens to be this kind of random kind of thing that we tie so much of our self-worth to. Um, and I'm going to do that when I feel crap, when I feel like crap about my body. And I'm going to do that when I feel like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of rocking these curves today. No mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to have Kaya on is because I think that the 
process of becoming an actor is very helpful, especially for young people, if you need to tell yourself a story in order to, for you to get there, meaning act your way to confidence. Like even if you're not feeling it and you have a job interview, putting on enough of a role to make you believe that you're going to get that job and you're worthy of that job is sort of a way to get the job. Absolutely. So talk to me about some of the experiences you had early on when maybe you didn't have as much confidence mm -hmm. or even now when you go into into calls and, and you're not feeling it mm -hmm. about how you get yourself to that point and the stories you're telling yourself so that you can step through the day. Yeah. Well, definitely in the past, I thought the the only way to do it was to be as prepared as I could be, be prepared with my material and that would be enough. And I wish that was the case. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but something that I've learned that was even harder than being prepared with my own material was learning how to walk into the room, learning how to change the temperature in the room when you walk in and say, don't you worry, casting directors. I got this. Yeah. I'm the one you're looking for. You can sit back. It's OK. Yeah. And that takes just as much, if not more, preparation than memorizing your lines. Mm. And I, so I feel good. that way. I feel that way about. Um, I feel that way about job interviews as well for yeah. survival jobs or your dream job, whatever it is. You have to figure out how to convince the other people in a way that it somehow tricks yourself into thinking, "Yes, I am. I am good enough. I am meant to be here," even if you don't feel that way or feel like you saw four other people in the audition or in the in the waiting room that you're like, oh God. Yeah. I, I bet they're gonna get it. It's like, no, you have this. You prepared and so sort of that mindset of taking care of the casting directors can trickle into taking care of yourself. Uh, <laughs> you guys, I'm just, just going to share that story. And I think I might have told you it, Jenna, yeah. about Oprah. Oh, my God. She goes into uh, a casting for the color purple. And in the casting room is all these beautiful women. And she's feeling really insecure about her weight. She thinks she did a terrible read, even though she had just like nailed the, the process of preparing. She checks herself into a fat farm and she's running in the pouring rain around this track, just trying to kill herself. Mm. And somebody runs a phone out to her and says, Oprah, stop running. And she's like, Why did she, it's Steven Spielberg. And he says, if you lose a pound, you'll lose this role. It really is like something we have to remember. Hmm. There's a reason we're at where we're at every single day. It's like this is a this is our lives. We are who we are. And it doesn't have a, a lot to do with like are you a size 2 or a size 4? Who what's your inner beauty? Who are you as a talent? What are you bringing to the world, you know? Well, and and trying to change ourselves because of some story that we think. I yeah. mean, that's that for right. me is what I take out of that Oprah story. It's like she she thought, oh, I didn't get this job because I'm of a particular size. And so therefore, if I change that size, things will be different. Right. And just being able to kind of notice the, these stories that we tell ourselves. And for the vast majority of us, the story isn't, well, I didn't get the job because I'm this size. The story is, I'm not happy because I'm this size. That's right. And so right. therefore, if I change my size or how my body looks or is shaped or however you want to say that, then I'll be happy. 
and I have not met a single person for whom yeah, that, that is the case. Yeah, right. yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. And don't you think when people say you're talking about inner beauty that when they say I'm comfortable in my skin, if you have to change your skin in order to be comfortable in it, it's mm-hmm. a very tenuous comfort. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. just talking with my daughter and she was saying that um, one of her friends is getting married. Very, very. She's only like five years older than Sophie, but she's, she said she's been on this crash diet. And I said, what has always just made me laugh so hard is that you find someone in your life who's going to like love you for the rest of your life as you are. <laughs> and then you lose 25 pounds to seal those vows. Right. Like, what is up with that? Mm-hmm. I am yeah. really not ever yeah. understanding why that happens. You know, yeah. like, no. Like right. if, if it's the person who you want to be with for the rest of your life, they're going to support and love you however you show up that day, right? Absolutely. So Kaya, talk to us about um, this short that you're doing now because you're shooting here in Portland or at least up in Mount Hood. Yeah, it's going to be up in Mount Hood. I actually leave directly after this. <laughs> wow, awesome. <laughs> Which is exciting. Yeah. But it's about an estranged family that comes together after uh, their father goes missing in the Mount Hood woods. And it's sisters June and Carrie sort of desperately trying to reconnect um, and find a way to come together after being apart so for so very long, uh. as well as coping with the idea of losing their father. How do you decide that the script is ready to go into production? How many eyes go on it? How many people are you letting look at your creative process? I ask probably anyone that will read it. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. And do you take most of the advice that's given to you? I would say I do my best. A lot of times when I get a bunch of notes, I go, oh, no, no, no. And then I implement most of them. <laughs> you have to sort of so awesome. get over your own pride of, well, no, it makes sense because it's like, well, it didn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But... At a certain point, you do have to say, no, this is what we've created. We're going to get notes no matter what. This is what we're putting out into the world, and we we have to feel good about that. Yeah. Do you, is that where you see yourself as an actor-director? I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dream. So great to mm-hmm. know that dream so early. Yeah. It's um, it's incredible. I feel like this this past year has been uh, immensely successful. Um, I graduated from school, and... In that time, I, you know, Sheila has listed the the credits, but being in a Chicago premiere as well as a Netflix series and making my own work all in the same year, uh, I never thought I would be at that place. Yeah. And I really, on the days where I don't feel like I'm enough, I have to, I oftentimes will say that to myself, list those things out and be like, you know what, today is today, but this year you've accomplished some wonderful things. You're working towards a goal and keep going. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's such a wonderful way to to have that buffer for yourself on the worst days when you wake up and you're broken out and your hair is frizzy and you're just like, mm-hmm. wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But look at all the things I'm working toward. Look mm-hmm. at all that I've accomplished. You know, yeah. that's a really helpful thing to do. Yeah. I just wanted to end by asking you about um, so many young girls. I'm really concerned about what's happened with social media and how it seems to have increased the anxiety that especially young girls are carrying around. And I will just tell you, like a friend of mine said that her 13-year-old daughter who's been using social media a lot more Mm -hmm. than her mom would like, 
post something and if she doesn't get a certain number of likes within a certain number of minutes, she mm -hmm. takes it down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's just so, mm -hmm. it, it broke my heart on so many levels because it's saying, here I am world, here's a little piece of me. How, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Talk to other young girls. I know you have so many fans who are looking at you and thinking, oh, she has everything about what you want them to know about becoming a young woman. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say when it comes to social media, that feeling of needing validation or exterior validation is so real. And it feels like the end of the world. It feels like, oh my gosh, I put myself out there. I looked the best in this photo and only 10 people liked it. Yeah, It feels horrible. But the truth is, is that Hold on to that feeling when you posted the picture. <laughs> because, oh, that's great advice. Yeah, hold that's on to beautiful. that feeling. Because you you feel that good at one point. Remember that. And it's so hard. I, You know, being a teenager wasn't that long ago for me. And feeling like other people's opinions of you are more important than your own. And the truth is, your opinion is the most important opinion of yourself. Amen. Well, I love the juxtaposition between that and then what you were saying about your script and being open to other people's feedback about mm -hmm. your script. And sometimes it can feel like we're sort of closing ourselves off to other people. Like, I'm not supposed to care at all what other people think. And I love how you're talking about this because it's sort of like be aware of what you're caring about, about mm. what other people think. So Absolutely. whether or not you think I look pretty in this picture that I happen to post, probably not all that important to me. Mm -hmm. But if you have something meaningful and useful to say about this script that's going to help improve that, absolutely I'm going to be open to that. Mm -hmm. So I really like that you can kind of try and take some of the stuff that is actually useful and then just let go of some of the stuff that's just noise. Yeah. yeah. And okay. that's what it is. It's noise. Yeah. It's also really important, I think, to develop real relationships that are your friends that you're meeting for drinks and having meals with and are giving you feedback face to face mm -hmm. because it's like the loneliness epidemic is real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really easy to feel completely alone. It's that's just the matter. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. It's wild with all of the, the technology that we have today connecting us to each other. Yeah. I feel like it is so easy to feel all alone. And the truth is you're not. Even yeah. when you think you are, you are not. There's always someone that's standing sort of probably right next to you being like, yeah. hi, I'll be your friend. <laughs> there really is. Totally. <laughs> so um, how long have you been in New York? How many weeks? Um, it's been about three weeks. How's so it going? You know, it, there's things that are really tough about it and there's things I love about it. One thing that I've decided is going to be good is I, I do love the city. So always love the city. Whenever I'm feeling down, put energy into the city. Go to a library. Go to a museum. There's so many things. Um, but it's definitely a, a different ballpark for sure. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But, you know, as an actor, you're, we're used to being told no. 90% of our job is being told no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everyone says the first year in New York City is the hardest. And I'm prepared for it. You know, I'm caught on the idea that 90% of the time people say no and mm -hmm. you keep pushing forward. And what I'm hearing throughout your story of whether it's uh, a picture you put on Instagram or it's um, uh, a performance that you put out or it's something that somebody's saying about your body online <laughs> is that the, the first 
um, and maybe only audience member that you have is you. And you have to just be in love with what you're doing and loads of self-compassion. And to me, it's in part, it's compassion for or appreciation of the finished product, like how my hair looked right before the picture mm -hmm. or how this uh, episode came out or whatever, but also a real connection to the process. Like, mm -hmm. I just kind of love what I'm doing or yeah. I, like this, this is important to me or I care about this, maybe regardless of mm -hmm. how popular it ends up being mm -hmm. or how many people like the photo. And then it's like, okay, yeah, it's a bummer that 90% of the time people say no, but I'll tell you, I bet more than 10% of the time you love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as an actor, there's been things that I like to call important no's, which means you get to a certain uh -huh. point in the process. Maybe this has happened three times this year so far where it's between me and one other person and it doesn't work out. And that's devastating. But at the same time, do you know how many yeses you got mm -hmm. in a business mm -hmm. that's 90% no? Wow. Even mm -hmm. though it ended in a no and that is upsetting, it's a step. And that's all we can do, you yeah. know? And and next time, the yes is going to take one more click forward mm -hmm. until it's the yes for you. Absolutely. You know that. Uh, do you... So I always have this strange thing about actors is like, it is so difficult. It is so competitive. It is you've You've signed up for probably the hardest life, right? Because you have to accept a lot of no's. That's right. But you're not doing a, a plan B it appears you this is Kaya's plan a yeah that yeah. is so cool yeah I think I think plan B's and a safety net is a wonderful thing and I I think you should have them but uh why not go full force on your plan a you know why develop your plan B or your safety net to the point where your plan a seems less attractive than your plan mm. B you know dig in and go for it in whatever career you're in but especially in acting you have to live your like, plan a yeah live your plan a, live your plan a. Mm, yeah love it kaya yeah. it's been so fun to catch up with you and in yeah. 10 years when your publicist won't return my phone call <laughs> find we'll, me on instagram and i'll respond yeah, exactly exactly so good to see you yeah, again you too. all right take good care <laughs>